So imagine you and I, we go to the grocery store in the physical world, brick and mortar. And then no matter if you go into, I go into, the shelves are, are the same. I think the personalization is, is the future. Happy Friday, futurists. This is Our Future, the business podcast for young people. You're in the right place this morning. And this is your captain speaking, Michael Zakon, because we are taking off. We just smashed through our weekly listener record in just three days. We're ripping past our past milestone of 600 downloads a week. My goal is a thousand. So whatever you guys are doing to share this podcast, telling it to your friends, it's working. Please keep it up. Let's go. Let's absolutely go. If you haven't noticed, I've been asking you all to review my show on Apple Podcasts. I think we were at like 29 reviews last week. I wake up yesterday morning, we're at 42 reviews, 42 with literally the most humbling feedback I've ever gotten in my life. The craziest smile reading them. Shout out Matt Latis, John Feather, Jack Loeffler, and many more. Thank you. Let's take this to the moon. It means a lot that you guys are writing me up a review. And if you're listening right now, if you have an iPhone, just tap me out a quick review on Apple Podcasts. I'd be super appreciative for your help in taking these awesome interviews into the stratosphere and making business more accessible, digestible to millions of young people who will listen to this podcast one day, but don't know it. Okay, time to introduce my guest. Today, I'm welcoming Zhao Guo onto the show. She is Director of Engineering at Instacart, the online grocery startup that became a COVID-19 hero as an essential service in this pandemic, delivering groceries directly to your doorstep, don't have to walk into Trader Joe's with a mask, and they are completely crushing it with control of 50%, yeah, 50% of the grocery delivery market, an industry that literally advanced five years in five days when this pandemic hit in March. The company's valuation has doubled over the past six months to over $17 billion, and they make the future look pretty limitless with expansion into non-grocery stores like Macy's, Bed Bath & Beyond, getting those good dorm room essentials. And they have a vision for personalization that's making me think of plenty of Netflix and Spotify analogies. So without further ado, let's dive deep behind the scenes of one of the most successful companies of the Corona economy. You talked about being busy, and I think that we need to turn back the clock to March and April when, you know, in, in literally five days, Instacart and online groceries accelerated like five years into the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, when did when when did you realize like oh my god like this is happening like this this like people are coming into swarms of the platform and we're going to be so important to help people get through this crisis? We actually declared a war time for our company. Hey, war time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we declare war time for like maybe two or three months. Then everybody work around the clock. Uh, normally we like to be like data driven in making decisions. We would experiment, roll out to like a city, roll out to one person, a user and see how it performs. Mm -hmm. But with this kind of like surge, uh, X times of surge, we can't do data driven. We just like trust our instinct and make right. this because it changed too fast. So our like normal data driven experiment approach will not work in this world. So we kind of like change our uh, working mode to adapt to this wartime. People also worked harder, like nights and weekends as well in yeah, order to yeah make all the changes and all this traffic increase a lot like 10 times in our site and they just like if we don't do anything instacart account will be just done right yeah. so. 
And, and yeah. fr- from an engineering perspective, what do you have to be cognizant of when there are this huge swarm of users to the to a platform? Like, what needs to be in place on a technical level to accommodate so many more new uh, signups and, and users coming into the app? If you don't do anything, your your database, the CPU is so hot that they can't handle it even with like AWS's biggest um, uh, biggest like a uh, server. So we will have to like shard our database either functional or horizontally to really spread the load so that they can people can still access mm-hmm. our site. Uh, so that's one example on the engineering side. Um, on the product side, there's a lot of new users coming in. Uh, so we would have to hire uh, many, many shoppers so that uh, we can actually serve those users. Otherwise, they would have they got no slots. They have to wait for like days or weeks. They can't get any slots. So we, we rapidly, we, uh, we scaled our shopper workforce really quickly. And also, we were fortunate because I think a lot of people also need this job during this time. Mm-hmm. So we were mm-hmm. able to hire really quickly. And that's on the shopper side. And this is an interesting marketplace. So there's customer, the shopper, and there is the retailer side. Yeah. So a lot of things are running out of stock in the store. So such as like the toilet paper is running yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. So we built really fun like engineering solution, product solution, such as like normally you would select a specific kind of toilet paper. So we introduced this concept as any toilet paper. So you can just select that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we built many like fun, creative like um, product solutions so that uh, people can smooth out those product experiences. Also try to manage people's expectation. Hey, this is not um, your normal experience. So when you, uh, so so be ready at home to select re- replacement. If this thing runs out, your shopper will contact you in your app so you can uh, select any changes. And, and then as well as like things might run late. So we, we want to tell people, and once once like uh, we hire shoppers, we, we, we build also these solutions to, to smooth, smooth out the product experience. We'll tell people, hey, like come back and now the hours are normal. You can get it within one hour. You can get your mm-hmm. thing so that we constantly like talk to people to set expectations. Yeah, I think it's interesting how you raise the point of like the difference between business functions and engineering functions because, you know, for the business functions, like it's almost like, hey, like let's go get some customers. And then you're like, all right, we'll just pass it off and the engineering <laughs> team will figure out the platform. So I definitely understand that and uh, definitely wakes me up a bit as someone who would be more in a business function is, and it's kind of more on that end of, of businesses. Uh, but but something new at Instacart that I think you have shown yourself to be quite excited about because I've been looking at your LinkedIn, uh, but Instacart expanding into like non-grocery stores like Staples and Bed Bath & Beyond and Sephora. Like how does that speak to like what are your thoughts on the company's ambition to like move out of groceries and into other elements of of the retail experience? Yeah, I don't think we're moving out of grocery. Grocery is still our core, like mm-hmm. most important thing of our company. Uh, what I view is like people have, um, we want to provide more value to customer. Now, like people, especially right now and people are at home. So we want to provide all the other like surroundings uh, they need for their household. For example, like baby staff, school staff, office staff. So so I, I think it's a very natural thing. All the, all the things that we are uh, working on right now, they're kind of related to the grocery household essential stuff like, for example, beauty, skincare, like 
uh, I, I think I think it's it's a, it's it's just natural to the more we can offer to our customers, the the happy they are, and um, and also some people have a, a membership with us. Uh, we call it express membership. People have the membership; they can get free shipping and other benefits. So if they already have a membership, then the more we can, the more benefit we can offer that with that membership the better if they can also get all these things for free, uh, shipping for free for their household and the more value they have to, to, to stick with this membership. So I think it will help with the yeah. retention, customer loyalty as well. So that's what we are thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. You can get other stuff delivered other than just, you know, uh, a groceries you can you know get like stuff for your office and whatnot because you're at home. Yeah. Right. So it's just about yeah. uh, definitely, at least see what you're saying about just adding more to like the scope of value the service provides. An- another thing I think is really interesting about Instacart and you touched on it at the beginning is how data driven it is um, and how you guys almost get this great deal of like omniscience and all knowing power into like what the country is eating at a certain time. And I thought it was interesting to see how, for example, like snacking habits change at the start of this year's football season, like versus another one. Um, what do you think about Instacart's advantage of just having a lot of data about consumer habits and like do you think that's an area that the business could actually expand off of and like kind of leveraging those insights to create even more value yeah it's super interesting question i thought about this so imagine you and i we go to the grocery store in the physical world brick and mortar and then no matter if you go into i go into the shelves are, are the same they welcome us the same way they are arranged the same you can move it. Let's say if I like a vegetable first, you like something else. I don't know what you like. Maybe you like cheese and wine, and then but uh, they they arrange the same. You can like you come in and I come in next. They arrange the shelves for me. Whereas whereas um, for Instacart, it's digital. We can do that. You come in, I come in. The shelves are different. Let's say I, I personally I don't I don't like cheese, and then but uh, so that you don't have to show me this in the top shelf's recommendation. So I think it's really powerful that we, we, we can rearrange re- those shelves for it depends on who comes in based on what they like, what we learned that they like. Um, so which I think the personalization is is, is the future because like uh, every people's taste is super personal. Like yeah. uh, I'm sure like my basket is very different than, than yours uh, is what we can do in this digital world, which I'm really excited about yeah and that kind of even makes me think of like netflix or spotify yeah and that they're curating you know content for your entertainment diet it's kind of the same with your real diet with instacart and then i think over the next few years you guys will really like pin that down like how do you create a recommendation system um that you know is is giving people products that you know that they would want to see and buy and maybe not even buy before um but but the the reason i mentioned those two companies is you know, I, I was talking with the CFO of Spotify a week mm-hmm. ago, and he mentioned how, you know, Spotify is going up against, you know, some of the biggest tech companies in the world. And, and so is Instacart. And you guys are comparatively much smaller. What do you think has enabled like Instacart to take on like Amazon and Walmart? I just think that's pretty, pretty like a crazy David and Goliath type situation. Why, why do you think that Instacart might actually have some advantages compared to these big, massive companies in, in doing what you guys have done? I think I... I don't know who who told me. I, I read some books or some people's talk, which I really like. Is like uh, you should always like not look at competition. You should focus on like a, 
what the customer want to provide what's the best for the customer, really focus on that instead of like focus on competition because that's the wrong thing to focus on. I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, grocery is, is a big market. So right now, uh, there's still maybe like single digital people who are online. There's still a lot of people who are offline. So the market is, is massive. It's trillion dollar market. So we're still only scratching the surface of it. It's going to be years to for it to totally change, such as e-commerce in other industries before. So I don't, I'm not personally worried about it because it's like a, a increasing market and every, everybody who do well, who serve the customer well, will, will do well um, in there. In terms of the, our advantages, I think we are, in my mind, I think we're very focused. We will only do this one thing and do it really well. And we have our best people in it. And then the typical thing with like smaller companies, we can make decisions faster. We can run faster. Our people like uh, are pretty motivated. We own this company kind of together. A lot of people are shareholders of the company. So like people really go above and beyond. I, mm-hmm. I think I think if you read uh, what happened with our COVID uh, is we, we small companies that sees the crisis as opportunity to really like gain market share as well. So, so it is, um, it is quite, uh, uh, there's, there's, I think the, I think the execution really matters as well. Small companies has the advantage in here as well. So what I think is interesting is that you worked at Uber before Instacart and those are both gig economy companies. And both actually approach the kind of nature of gig gig work differently. For example, Instacart actually offers its shoppers the opportunity to become a full-time employee with the company, uh, as opposed to Uber not doing that. Like, what do you think the difference in, what what was it like going from, from Uber to Instacart? And how do those two companies look at the gig economy differently, if, if at all? One interesting difference i think in general it is for for what you're mentioning it's it's similar it's in the same mm-hmm. industry and um uh what's interesting is that instacart's uh shopper profile is slightly different than uber's shopper profile uh, a lot of our customers and shoppers are, are women which is like quite what i'm excited about as well yeah i think probably like more than half of our shoppers are, are women, which was not the case for, for Uber drivers. I think Uber drivers uh, uh, were not heavily populated by women. I think because the job is kind of interesting, like it's kind of shopping, shopping in the, in the grocery stores, and then people get a little bit exercise there too. And then there's also two choices that people can choose. Uh, I actually have personally shopped in the stores too, you can either be a uh, end-to-end shopper, which means you pick it at the store and then you deliver it. There's another uh, one that people can choose is they can they can if they don't have a car, they can just shop in shop in the store like uh, one after another, put it on a shelf, and then when driver come in, they will just take it. So there's two choices. Um, they can uh, they can pick, but other than that, I, I think there's not so much differences. Uh, those two that came into my mind, they have like two, uh, two working mode choices as well as the profile, uh, very like uh, um, 
uh, a lot of women. Like, that's interesting. That, that's something that I, I never really thought about. Thank, thanks for sharing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Instacart for me is like our family has used it so much since the pandemic started. And I think my mom proudly proclaimed that she's never going back to a grocery store. Like she will just get stuff delivered. Um, so yeah, I applaud you and your guys for your efforts. And it's, uh, it's amazing what you guys have pulled off with this huge increase in demand. But finally, to round out this interview, I, I want to ask you about your career advice to a young person who wants to work in Silicon Valley. And beyond that, what would a piece of advice just generally be for, for all young people you think and something you've learned throughout your career? I feel like uh, the people I learned who do well is uh, has few uh, um, things in common. The first is they are really good at what they do. So they're really curious. They are like, uh, they learn, learn everything. Like just like, just keep on learning because professional world is different than in school. A lot of things you learn in school might not be applicable and there's still so much things to learn beyond your school. I think just keep on learning. Like always, I'm learning a lot of these like uh, VPs, C-level people are learning. Like they do, they, the world is changing, I think be able to learn and learn fast and have a curiosity a learning attitude is the most important thing. Uh, just never stop learning. And then don't also don't be just limited to your job function. Like learn from all these people around you, even if it's not related to your current project, current task, that, that doesn't matter. I found people do better if they are more in general curious, don't limit themselves in learning just on what's needed to accomplish their task. That's who limiting like think bigger like learn learn more um the second thing is probably like have a very um, positive attitude towards life and towards everything what i learned is people want to be with happy people uh, you get more opportunities people want to talk to you they will come to you and then you just naturally um get more opportunities or, or like people like you more and then they will want to work with you more Ladies and gentlemen, that was Xiao Guo, Director of Engineering at Instacart, the king company of grocery delivery on the block. I love how Xiao ended with positivity. I think it's vital to be upbeat, optimistic, to inspire those around you with a really awesome, up, uplifting energy. And I hope you guys take it on board this weekend. Get some 